you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano and our man Graham Barfield. And, uh... Happy Super Bowl week, guys! Yeah, man. It's uh, apparently it's kind of cold in Atlanta right now. A uh, little, little icy. This whole polar I vortex. Mean, California's just like LOL right now. To the Pretty much. Although we are going to get rain again. That's just me being spoiled when it comes to weather. I you enough know, with the rain. Yesterday it was like seventy degrees or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I, I yeah, I still I still keep in touch with uh, our old pal Alex Gelhar, who's you know back in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, dude, Wisconsin. he's got to be freezing his took. They are they are locked in basically. You know, he's he is back in law school in Wisconsin. Classes have been canceled for a few days, wow. and uh, he actually sent us <laughs> he sent us a, a copy of the like the memo, the warning that they sent out. And I mean, they're expecting temperatures to get to like below forty, below fifty, whatever. And Holy it was like, how? Like the the one of the sentences was, "Do not go outside under any circumstances" or something like that. And we're like, "Well, what do you have a dog? Like, what do you what do you do?" Yeah, to I know, take your dog I know. Out? The dog has to go outside and pee. It probably comes out frozen. <laughs> it's like the planet Hoth, man. I have a I have a friend who lives outside of Minneapolis, and he sent me a screenshot. It's the same temperature in Minneapolis, or it was last night. The same temperature in Minneapolis as it was in Antarctica. That's cold. Oh. Negative 25. That is cold. I guess I shouldn't be complaining about rain then. Huh? I was going to say, in the meantime, it's, uh, I believe, as we record this podcast, it is currently 58 degrees with a expected high of about how 70. Many, how many people across the country listen to that and just scream F you? Oh, I'm sure a lot. <laughs> which is, which is <laughs> part of the reason I say it, actually. <laughs> At their podcast channels. Yeah. Right. Really, I, I, mean, I just one last thing. I have a really good friend who lives in Syracuse, New York, and he... Uh, that's even... Right, it's pretty bad. I remember a couple of years ago, it was like March, and he sent me a text message. It's like a, a photo of his front lawn, and there was still snow on the front lawn. He's like, man, it's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, I feel you. I had to put on socks in my apartment. <laughs> so uh, that, that was met with a whole bunch of expletives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, behind the glass, uh, our normal guy, Eddie, is off this week. He's uh, helping out with all the Super Bowl preparations, but uh, we are very excited to have Kent Brown sitting back in with us again. Kent, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. I'm with you in terms of warm weather's nice my twin brother is an elementary teacher in pittsburgh they're off the next two days because of all the bad weather wait there's two of you out there's two of you out there <laughs> identical twin brother oh, is yeah. he is he a wwe freak like you oh definitely yeah what did he you was... think of uh, the rumble i enjoyed it i thought it was fun i thought rollins and becky would both win so there was nothing too surprising yeah but it was yeah. a good time the rumble's always fun i think they Probably could slim it down to like four hours instead of like seven, like they're doing. You would now. think Seth's got to <laughs> take the seven title. Hour? He's yeah. got to. He's got to wow. take the title off of Brock, right? I think so. I would think so. So you're telling me Royal Rumble's as long as Super Bowl pregame? Royal they, Rumble <laughs> is like, I mean, <laughs> so they say it's like Mania and then SummerSlam, but Royal Rumble's right up there with one of the most popular, well, pay per views. Does that even 
count anymore. Is it pay-per-view now? I mean, I guess it is because you have to you pay still, for yeah. WWE Network, but exactly. not in the traditional yeah. uh, sense of it, sure. And yeah. I was giving, my, I was I giving my brother a hard time yesterday because I went golfing after work. To, I, I got, out <laughs> nice. of, got out of work at about 2.30 and went golfing and sent him some pictures, and he was like, yeah, I'm stuck in my house. So I'm yeah. with Marcus. We just, we're doubling down on just making people hate us. Pretty much. Pretty much. So. Well, you know who hates Los Angeles and Southern California in particular? Is uh, the people in Massachusetts? I was gonna say Saints fans. Well, no, I mean that. Well, <laughs> because think about it, because the the Red Sox. Oh, oh, by the way, one of my worst nightmares came true this week. So I coach Matthew's baseball team. Okay, and they are the Red Sox. Son right? of a, ah! <laughs> and so I coach the team. And I told them, I'm like, dude, I am not wearing a Red Sox hat. I will not wear Red Sox. I'm not wearing anything Red Sox. I won't I will, do it. Look, I, I won't do it. I normally won't. I normally wouldn't advocate this, but I will give you an out. You can go over to UCLA mm-hmm. and get like a dark blue because their because logo, it's Bruins, right? Yeah, the, the, the right, logo right, for their right, baseball right. cap is the same no, true. as true. the Red Sox. Yeah. So you can you can go actually there, creative, get yeah. one of those, tell people that you know yep. it's it's actually a UCLA hat. And you know what, too? Like, one of the guys who runs uh, the league draw, uh, Dave Kenny, is a good dude. I told him a few weeks ago, I was like, I'm not going to end up with the Red Sox, right? Eh, there's eight teams. You got a one-and-eight shot. I go in. <laughs> and we find out guys. where Matthew goes. And he looked at me, and I said, son of a – it's the Red Sox, isn't you it? You rolled snake eyes. That is funny. That's awful. But we got some awful. Stuff, we got some stuff to talk about today. We will do some uh, DFS stuff for you folks still playing because rumor has it there is one more game to be played in the National Football League this season. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll go with our top Super Bowl commercials because I mean that's why we really watch the Super Bowl, right? Is to be sold things. So <laughs> uh, we'll talk about some of the best ones that we remember. But uh, first, let's do some news. The news. The big news coming out of our nation's capital, the Redskins believe that Alex Smith, who suffered a horrible leg injury last season, will miss all of 2019. Now, the reports originally were that it was very bad. I mean, usually when a guy gets injured and he has surgery, you immediately hear, well, you know, successful surgery and he expects to be back by training camp or the start of preseason or what have you. We didn't hear that with Alex Smith, that it was it, it seemed like it was bad pretty much immediately. And now uh, there's a, a strong belief that he's going to miss all of 2019. Uh, Fabs, we saw this offense really fall apart when Alex Smith went out. And look, it, it wasn't totally him. I mean, they had a lot of issues. They had injuries on the offensive line or what have you. But if they're scrambling at quarterback because they're paying Alex Smith a lot of money, so they don't have a ton of cap room. They can't necessarily go out and spend big. Maybe they draft somebody, but yeah. this this turns everything sideways in that offense. Now. Yeah, no, it does. And, I mean, you know, the options are like, Teddy Bridgewater could be an option. Like, Foles is going to be out there. Any team that needs a quarterback, Foles is going to be at the top of the wish list. Flacco, right, could be uh, potentially an option as well. Uh, right now, Colt McCoy is under contract until 2020. They're not going to go into the season with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. At least you would. At least not as their starter, you right? Would, <laughs> right. You would, you would guess. So there's going to be some movement there. I don't know that there's a there's a quarterback they're going to be able to get in the draft that would come right in and be able to start. So the, it could be the Darius Geis show there in 2019. I, that's what I was just thinking. Is it's just like, are we just going to be picking Geis and that's it from this team in fantasy next year? I know. It might be. Yeah, it could be. I mean. Yeah. The Alex Smith thing is so unfortunate, man. Like, cause he had to go like in a bunker for like three weeks. Like, Did you see that months. brace that he had on at the Wizards game? We didn't see any. My from goodness. Alex Smith until he like basically after he broke his leg until he went to that to that game. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it's it looked bad. It apparently is bad. Mm-hmm. So certainly wish him the best in his recovery. It would be great to see him get back on the field, but it appears that it will not be next season so um yeah you're right it may just be a Darius Geis and that's sort of it which you know it's unfortunate Jordan Reed finally stayed healthy even though he didn't really produce yeah uh the wide receiver situation I mean yeah like I mean it's Jamison Crowder and he's eh Josh Doxson I mean is it time to use the b word on him uh, as a first round pick maybe I mean you know he he's adding to the list of 
recent first round wide, wide receivers, receivers mm-hmm. um, because you know the last two or three years the first round wide receivers have not done well generally speaking and yep. he may be uh, he may be adding to that mm-hmm. list uh, staying there sort of in the beltway in the DMV if you will heading to Baltimore John Harbaugh says he expects a better Lamar Jackson in 2019 I mean I know Graham that sort of seems like yeah duh I mean the guy's had a year to kind of play and he'll have an offseason to sort of get better but uh you know we definitely saw flashes from him and I think you know if Lamar Jackson really does take that next step yeah, we talk about the Redskins kind of regressing because Alex Smith isn't necessarily there. I would expect the Ravens offense per- potentially gets a little bit better if Lamar Jackson's able to take that next step. One of the things that Baltimore really, I think, enjoyed this year in the terms of the difference between Flacco and Lamar Jackson is just what Lamar can do under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a better pass. He was a better passer in terms of his quarterback rating under pressure this year for pro football focus. But obviously, the big one is his scrambling ability. So for me, I, I think we're we're Lamar needs to get better is just, I mean, they have got to be able to run like one or two progressions on second and eight and be able to pick up a first down. <laughs> right. like, like we saw it in that Chargers game. When they got knocked off their script, they failed. Yeah. When they can't run the ball 55, 60% of the time, they fail. Uh, they have got to find a way to get Lamar a little more comfortable throwing outside the numbers, not just throwing play action over the middle. Um, they've got to add some layers to this passing offense because they're going to get figured out really, really quickly early next year because yeah. the Chargers built the script. And Harbaugh said that, you know, Jackson is going to throw, quote, a lot in the offseason, duh. But some of the numbers that he put up as a runner, when you also consider that he started, what, seven games? Mm-hmm. I mean, ridiculous. Uh, these were in my 150 fantasy facts. He averaged 17 carries a game. He averaged 80 rushing yards a game. Uh in his seven starts, projected over a full season, he rushes for 1,200 yards, has 272 rushing attempts, and scores 10 touchdowns, which just as a running back would have given 187 fantasy points. And that's standard because he, he we're not a, talking about catches. It's essentially like a low-end RB1. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it was. I mean, he was like a low-end RB1 at quarterback. So, so you've, got, you've got Lamar Jackson, you've got Baker next season. Those are going to be two of your big breakout candidates, just like Patrick Mahomes was this past season in fantasy football. Who goes first? And are either one of these guys in the top ten? Uh, I don't know that either one is in the top ten. I think Baker's closer to the top ten probably than than Lamar Jackson's going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think I think with what we saw from Baker Mayfield and the fact that you know he he gets to stay in an offense that obviously he was comfortable in last year. I think he's probably of the two the one that gets closer to the top ten. Yeah, but I, I'm. I, I don't know, so. and I think I that's think the so too. Yeah, that's the strategy I'm going into drafts with. I mean, I've always gone wait on a quarterback, but now, like, I would not have any problem going into next season with Baker and Lamar Jackson as my two quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. No no issue whatsoever. It's I, just – it's wild because quarterback depth is just insane. It's so right insane. It's, it's crazy insane. So, I think, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see where Lamar Jackson goes in drafts. I mean, you know, you talk about all the things, uh, Graham, they need to do to kind of get that passing game up to speed. I mean, certainly – you know, the knock on Lamar coming out of college was his accuracy, and I think we saw that at times this year. So if he can somehow work on that, you know, and I know, look, I, I am not a quarterback guru. I know people say that, you know, you, you can't get more – either you have accuracy or you don't, that you can't improve it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, I, but I think this offseason is going to be a big test for him to see uh, if he can get a little bit more accurate throwing the football. Um the Eagles reportedly could be a landing spot for Kareem Hunt. I know that's the thing Jimmy Kimsky uh, from the Philly Voice was saying that uh, you know the the Eagles could find a landing could could find a spot for him in the offense. Uh, Fabs, I know you probably like me. I'm I'm a fan of anything that reduces the number of running back committees in the I National know. Football League and I makes know. things easier. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt in Philadelphia means that that committee that drove us insane all year long would probably be no more. Yep. And I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I feel like he could be sort of a version of what the Eagles had for so many years with LaShawn McCoy as a guy who can run it and catch it out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing that we need to know is how long is he going to be suspended? And you would think that the NFL will come down with that suspension at some point before free agency begins. You would I would think, think you so, would but think you know, so. we also know that the NFL is... Yeah, they don't have to do that. <laughs> right, right. They don't have to I do mean, that. I mean, we've seen them string along people, like, you know, how long they, they strung along Josh Gordon a couple of years ago. So, I mean, we could be waiting till week one almost. So, I mean, you know, and the whole situation, and it's 
that that situation, I mean, let's be honest, it was disgusting. The video that we saw was disgusting. Right. I don't know how long the suspension is going to be. I hate talking about fantasy football when it pertains to situations like this, but that's sort of what we have to do. And I hate to say this because of the situation, but Kareem Hunt in Philadelphia is a really good fit from a fantasy perspective, a really good fit. So this is a guy who, depending on how many games he is forced to miss because of the expected ban, he, he could end up being one of the better draft bargains in fantasy football. I, and, and I just I feel odd saying that because yeah, of the I, situation. I understand that. But it is he's, – he's, he's a very young, up-and-coming running back who was on pace to have another monster season after putting up a monster season as a rookie – and then you put him into Doug Peterson's offense as the featured back, and boy, the sky's the limit. Yeah, but, but it's an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, you know, Kareem Hunt is sort of the. I feel like these are all kind of test cases for the league. He's sort of the new one because he's, as you mentioned, he's a young guy, mm-hmm. only a couple of years into his career. Obviously, extremely talented. Yep. And you know, we know that as soon as it is viable for teams to make a run at him, teams are going to make a run at him. Yep. Uh, so I just wonder, like, how long the suspension is going to be because yeah. Zeke got six games for allegations. Right. So we have video here. Yeah, I it, you know. I, it's, Look, I, is it is it a full season ban? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I have no idea, and that that's one thing we're gonna have to wait on. But you know, for now, there's already talk. The, the fact that there's already talk about him landing somewhere suggests that yeah, Chicago's already been rumored too. Yeah, which, yeah, Matt Nagy. Well, because of the right, yeah, which Nagan. man, that would be. From a fantasy just from, perspective. Just from a football st- like that's interesting because, I mean, look, maybe Jordan Howard's days there are numbered. Obviously, we saw him sort of phased out of the offense. But, you know, Tariq Cohen is sort of Kareem Hunt light. Um, so I don't – that's – man. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That, I think that's my thing, though, is if he's already – if we're already hearing these rumors in January that Kareem Hunt is reportedly going to sign somewhere, that means – He's going to sign somewhere. Yeah, he'll mm-hmm. sign somewhere. He's going to get a job. Absolutely. Oh, there's no the, – the difference between him and Ray Rice – yeah. Um, both of both of their actions were disgusting. That cost Ray Rice his career in the NFL. Ray but, Rice was an older back, right. and he he hadn't sort of you know Kareem Hunt. He's twenty two, twenty three years old. Yeah, and in two a year and a half in the league, I mean, he was an incredibly successful statistical player. So uh, <laughs> I, I get it. It's you know, say what you will, but uh, the the NFL is... It's the reality of the NFL. The NFL is not going to let a talented player who's young like that go uh, unaccounted for. He is going to get signed somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some news out of Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown has reportedly not closed the door on returning to the Steelers. Um this is like a soap opera, man. It's like days oh. of our lives in Pittsburgh right now. It's it's gonna. This is gonna go all, all off season, Graham. I mean, at least until a decision is made, till he's traded, till he comes back, what have you. This is going to be the thing all off season. Um, I mean, I guess the question is, if he comes back, do they put everything aside? Is everything you know good enough when they, they get on the to. field? Right? Like Ben's still to. throwing the ball in his Look, direction. They they I I think. We talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. They have to bring him back. Like, what else are you going to do? Big Ben is 37, 38. <laughs> uh, AB is going to be 31, 32 this year. Um, they owe him $20 million. They'd have to just swallow it. Right. They have to find a way to sit these two down, sit them in a room, and figure it out. Because right. the Steelers Super Bowl window is closing, and when Big Ben retires, they'll have to be in the same position as a lot of different teams with retiring quarterbacks. Yep. Um, they got to keep AB. And, got to uh, keep AB and Juju together. Juju was on uh, Rap Sheet's podcast. Rap Sheet uh, and Friends? Rap Sheet and Friends. And um, he said, quote, for me, it's more like let's keep the guys on the team and let's win the Super Bowl. Let's stop all the bull. What do you think Juju yes. thought of uh, the Masked Singer? AB's appearance <laughs> the Masked Singer. That's my, that's my important question. Uh, you know important. what? Here's the thing. I don't think Juju would have cared. I mean, because this is a guy who, you know, last offseason moved into a giant mansion to play video games all offseason, you know, so. That's nice. I don't, right, I mean, look, he's part, you know, he's part of a, the FaZe clan playing video games, and, and this is his offseason thing. I mean, it's more than a hobby at this point. It's like a side gig for him. So, I think when you move into a mansion to play video games all offseason, I'd be, be like, nice. you know, a, uh, a teammate going on a 
(laughs) reality singing show or whatever. And I mean, you know, Juju's uh, net worth is going to go up quite a bit when his contract comes up. Yeah. He's going to be making some of the dead presidents. Is it? I mean, so here's the thing. How much of that is tied, though, to Antonio Brown sticking around and and this team being – because if – if Antonio Brown leaves, that's my thing. Yep. And if Brown leaves, and look, and I love Juju, dude's a very good player. But if he's suddenly asked to carry this offense, if he can't do it, then that hurts. That hurts well, we a do. Lot. We so do remember. I know when Mike in his Wallace rookie left. campaign, okay. when AB went down at the end of the season, Juju's numbers were just unreal good. Yeah. So, and they're going to throw it as long but, as Big Ben is under well, center. Juju had his big breakout because Le'Veon. That also had those targets that were going to Le'Veon Bell. When did Juju Smith this year? And he's fantastic, but I'm I'm with you, MG. Like, that's my that's my thing. Is you take Antonio Brown off the field, literally one of the greatest receivers of all time. I can't believe we even have to talk about this, but like, people are acting like you take Antonio Brown off the field for the Steelers, like they're just going to be able to roll with Juju as their one, and they'll have Ryan Switzer be their like what like I just don't know what their plan would be. You take Antonio Brown off the field. One losing Le'Veon Bell is one thing. Right, a running back and then replacing his production is one thing, but losing Antonio Brown is a whole. Speaking of Juju Smith-Schuster, suffered a knee contusion in the Pro Bowl. I know he says he's fine, and and chances are, look, by the time we get to July, it's not going to be a big deal. But why are we still playing the Pro Bowl? I mean, like, why? I I have said for years, look, let's just name a Pro Bowl team, however you want to do it. You want to do fan vote, you want to do, you know, media vote, player vote, whatever. Name your Pro Bowl team. Let's give those guys a bonus. If you want to send them to Hawaii on vacation, hey, let's do it. But why are we still playing, bro? They have they have tried everything, and that's the thing. Like, they to keep gain trying fan interest. They actually a few seasons ago, if you remember, tried to incorporate a fantasy football draft in right, where, which was like, awkward. You know, Michael guys, Irvin was drafting, and Jerry Rice, I think it was. It was really awkward. You had guys just kind of sitting there waiting, not getting picked, and like like it's it's awkward enough during the actual draft, but now these are guys are like the all stars, and they're like. Getting yeah. picked last. This was like bad. this was like when I did an event a few years ago um, in New York City for the NFL, and there was a draft going on, and Rashad Jennings was actually in the room, and it was like the tenth or eleventh round, and no one had drafted him. Oh, no. Right. So it was like, oh, okay, this is a little awkward. Then they brought him up on stage with Andrew Siciliano, and I think at some point then someone drafted him. But um, yeah, I I just don't think there's a good way to do a pro. There's just not. There's but not. because I, they because the players are are out there not really competing, um, you know, you're seeing guys run downfield and kind of you say not really competing. They're walking, right? <laughs> Which they should do. I wouldn't listen. I, wouldn't I work for the NFL. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound too bad, but they're. It is what it's. It yeah. is what it is, man. I mean, I mean yeah. heck, you know what? Turn it into a glorified flag well, football game. And here's I think here's maybe the the biggest issue with that actually Pro Bowl. could be fun, flag football. Yeah, although right? you know, I remember they remember. I don't know if you guys remember they played like a beach. Uh, yes, a beach and, and, that, and that's that when too. Robert Edwards. That got hurt. Robert Edwards. Robert got hurt, Edwards threw up his knee. Who had a great rookie season with the Patriots? Yeah, threw up his knee. <laughs> Just blew up, blew out his knee. Never played again, and then they got rid of it. I would say one of the the problems with the Pro Bowl is. You can't play it anywhere but at the end of the season. You're not going to stop in the middle. There's no there's no natural break in the middle of the season to play it like you have with Major League Baseball or the NHL or the NBA where you stop in the middle of the season and you play. And so part of the reason those games draw interest is because there's still meaningful games to be played after. Like now, like pretty much all the meaningful games have been played. And I think it was it might have been worse when they played the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl because that was like really, like really why do I care? At least now you still have – one more game that that sort of has some meaning, but you know, I just I just don't know how to do it in a way that that's right. And now you got you know, you always the risk of guys well, getting hurt. At some point, you know, once gambling potentially becomes legalized, maybe you factor into a fantasy football scenario that you can throw in and couple with the Pro Bowl, where but there are you already can, there are I, already degenerates out there. Oh, oh, I know, I know, <laughs> but like you know, it's like I you know. Turn it into a big DFA. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's hard to. Uh, you can parlay the Pro Bowl into the Super Bowl now. It's crazy. The Pro wow. Bowl. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Is, that is wow. Wild. That is wild. That is wild. There's uh, some true degenerates out there. Man. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, obviously the Rams are there now. The story: Brandon Cooks supposedly purposely dropped a pass from Jared Goff before. Uh, Greg Zerline came out and kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime to beat the Saints and send the Rams to the Super Bowl. Now, had he caught the pass, according to the you know 
to you know everybody watching it in the reports, you know he likely would have lost three or four yards, turning what would have been a 57-yard field goal into a 60 or 61-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. And so the Cooks supposedly purposely dropped this pass uh, before the field goal was kicked. Um, I thought of it. I, I saw this and I thought about all the PPR folk out there who I'm yeah, sure right. pulled their hair out when they heard this story because, you know, look. But it was smart. I mean, I mean even Sean McVay play. said he's like, I called. A, I, I had a bad play call, and Cooks kind of saved me on that one. It was one of those. It's one of those things where, you know, and, and yeah, I'm sure we could make a long, long list of them where smart football and fantasy football just butt heads with one yeah. another because it was a. A, Ryan a, Westbrook, Maurice Jones-Drew. I mean, Todd Gurley sliding down at the you guys sliding down at the one yard line instead of scoring touchdowns to run clock. It's one of those things where, like, I'm sure that you know, like I said, tactically it was the right move. Zerline probably would have made it from 60. I mean, the way he booted that thing through, he probably still would have made it. But it was a smart move. That thing uh, was nuked. Oh, he, he, he crushed it. He could have made that from maybe 70. He crushed Seriously, that I mean, ball. <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it was no doubt. Like, it hit the air. I was like, that's going out. I wonder if he – It was just a matter if it was straight. Yeah. That's it. Is that where he injured himself, too? Because he's been maybe. banged up a little bit. Yeah, his uh, was a foot injury, I think, that he's mm-hmm. dealing with. So, uh, yeah. It but I, I, I saw that uh, I saw that headline, and it made me laugh. And I thought of plenty of PPR enthusiasts who probably, like, read that story and pulled their hair out screaming that, the, you know, even if he loses three yards, it's still .7 points in the positive overall. So, anyway, that was funny to me. And that is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Ah, all right. You know, clean up your remote control clutter in time for the Super Bowl with Control Center by Cavo. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable, or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center does it all. Control Center simplifies your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote with voice control. Don't fumble with different remotes or run out the clock with messy search results. Just say what you want to watch and Control Center will take you straight there. One universal voice remote controls it all, so all you need to do is say, watch any given Sunday and Control Center by Cavo handles the rest. Be the MVP of your Super Bowl party with Control Center so you can finally get off AV duty and bring the joy back to watching TV. I've been using mine. I use it every day. Uh, it's great. I actually did watch uh, Three Identical Strangers, which was fantastic. Right? Wasn't uh, it? It was great. So good? It was great. And that's what I did. I, I, I clicked the little mic button. I said, watch Three Identical Strangers, and it popped up. Do you it have it fantastic. set up like on Apple TV or Roku? Uh, Roku. Roku, yeah. got my Roku. Yep. I've got my Xbox set up to it. I got the whole thing. So, by, uh, by the way, so, so you know, last week how we talked about, you know, the, the five movies that we always watch if it's on TV. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> Jedi was on. I watched that. I think Rocky 1 and Rocky 4 were both on uh, over the last week. And true to form, I had them on. I watched them all. There you go. Hey, shop now just in time for Super Bowl Sunday. Get 40% off Control Center with promo code LIVE. That's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at caavo.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cavo. One remote. That does it all. All right. Super Bowl Sunday is just around the corner, and so that means one last chance to play some DFS for the football folk out there. So, uh, I mean, unless, what, there's, there are no other, like, there are no other college all-star games, right? That I'm sure folks probably play DFS for those too, but we're not talking about that. Um, so, got some options here for you guys and uh, kind of making it a, a multiple, or an either or rather, and you guys can tell me which, which of these two guys you would rather have this week and maybe why. So, first, James White. Or Sony Michelle, which way are you guys going here? Uh, in DFS, I'm going. I'm going James White. James White, like he he literally had the greatest PPR performance in the history of the Super Bowl. In the history of the Super Bowl, because I wrote a, a column about the 53 fantasy facts from the history of the Super Bowl, and he has the most points scored in a single game. Wow. He had what? Four, was it 14 catches he had in that game? Mm-hmm. Um, and when the stage is big, you know, James White typically gets the ball. Now, Sony Michelle has been a DFS hero for fantasy fans during the postseason because he has been getting a lot of the work. He's been getting the goal line opportunities. He's looked very good. And uh, in the playoff challenge, 
I probably would side with Sony Michelle because so uh, because the playoff challenge is not PPR, which hopefully that will change at some point. <laughs> but uh, in DFS, I'd have to go with James White. Uh, you feeling the same way, Graham? I think so too. The, the Rams' run defense has kind of improved. I mean, they were one of the worst in the regular season. They've become over the last couple of games, but they've been one of the better ones. They slowed down Zeke, slowed down Ingram and Kamara. Um, I don't. I mean, the Patriots are just running the ball so, so well out of their 12 and 21 personnel packages. I don't foresee them really, truly slowing down Michelle, but I'm with you. I think I think White's the better play because, I mean, do you really want to slam the ball into Aaron Donald and Sue like 15, 15 <laughs> times where Sue is playing incredible right now? So, yeah, I think James White's the play. Yeah, I think I, think I would make that unanimous. And, and I, you know, I, I really do lean on that point you made about the Rams' run defense. And, and I don't know if it's because they spent all season hearing about how bad they were or what. I don't think Wade Phillips cared about run defense during the regular season. And in his defense, that's fair. Right. No, it's true. Yeah. I mean, that, over the course of 16 games, you know, you don't really have to focus on it quite as much because teams are going to throw the ball more. But you're right. with Especially with the teams they faced in the playoffs, knowing they were going to see the Cowboys and knowing you know what Kamara and Ingram can do on the ground, they really turned it up a notch. And uh, and they really shut those teams down. Sue so. is playing so well right now. He's playing he's, really, he is, really well. I mean, this is the best he's ever played. Well, and I also think he's part of it. Crap. I also think part of it is that watching what the Patriots have done in the playoffs, especially against the, the Chiefs, they want to run the ball, they want to grind the clock, and they want to keep that offense on the sideline. I mean, they what that first possession against against Kansas City, they took the ball for like half of the first quarter. And Mahomes was just sitting there watching. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if you're the Rams, that's the last thing you want to do is watch Sony Michelle, you know, just eat up chunks of yards, five, six, seven yards at a time, and while while your offense is just sitting there, not doing anything about. By it. By the way, James White, forty-seven point nine PPR points in that game Oof. against Atlanta when wow. the Patriots made the historic comeback. Can you guys name the non-quarterback who is second? in PPR points in a lone Super Bowl game. It's actually a very easy... Marshall Falk. No. It's actually a very easy answer because he is he has almost every Super Bowl record at his position. Jerry Rice? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jerry, Rice. Guess, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice had 42.9 against the then San Diego Chargers. That game sucked, by the way. That was an awful, was awful Super Bowl. That was the game... That I believe Steve Young had six touchdowns, and Ricky Waters had a had a huge mm-hmm. had a huge game yep. in uh, that Super Bowl as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one, Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks? Graham, we'll start with you. Is it is you know are we looking the same way in terms of PPR or or can Brandon Cooks make up yardage and touchdowns to kind of even the gap there? It'll be really interesting to see what the Patriots do with their defensive backs this week because we know Belichick loves to shake it up. Mm-hmm. Um. Robert Woods, since Cooper Cup has gone down, has run like 70% of his routes from the slot. New England, during the regular season at the, at the very least, was kind of shaky in terms of their slot receivers. I think they gave up like the 7th or 8th most PPR points to slot receivers during the regular season. I'll go with Woods just because he's been so steady. Um, I, I don't know what they'll do with Cooks, though. Like, it would kind of make sense for them to put Stephon Gilmore on him and play press man coverage, but they could also just do what they did to Tyreek Hill and put J.C. Jackson and play safety on top and just not let him get beat over deep. Um, You're not digging the revenge game narrative, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Cooks has so many now. I mean, we've got back-to-back revenge games. Yes, that's true. But I'm... Robert Woods has been so... He's just money, man. ...consistent all season long. Hey, guys, where is Robert Woods drafted in 2019? I think he's actually going to be overdrafted in 2019, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he's going to come off the board in like the third or fourth round uh, with people forgetting that Cooper Cup is going to come back. That's what I'm saying, too. Like, Cooper Cup's going to end up being the best bargain from uh, the Rams wide receiver core in drafts. That was my thing this last year is Cooks went in the fourth round and Woods and Cup were going in the seventh and eighth. And I was like, why would I draft Cooks? Why can't I just wait? And Woods (laughs) right there. I'll just take one of those two. Right, no doubt. I think it'll be flipped this year. I think Woods will go too early. Cooks actually might go a little bit too late because he was kind of quiet late in the year. Mm-hmm. You could potentially be all in on Cup again. I, I know that we're going to talk about zero RB. I mean, uh, during the course of the offseason, you can almost go zero wide receiver. Yeah. Because you then you could go out and get Cup, Tyler Lockett, dudes like that. I mean, and with the imagine having three wide, three running backs with your first three picks. It's like the old days, Graham. 
It is. Back when I started playing fantasy football, and I legit used to go three running backs in the first three. I'm just rounds. not going to draft. I'm just. Like, I'm going to go zero draft and then just take everybody <laughs> off the waiver wire. That's going to be my strategy next year. Uh, all right. So it looks like Robert Woods gets the the slight edge here. All right. Quarterbacks: Tom Brady or Jared Goff? Fabs, I'm going uh, Brady. I like. <laughs> no, I mean I get it. So resigned. So so when I no no because like when I when I was doing the research and 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 Michael Florio and Matt Frederick helped me with the research for this Super Bowl column. If you don't like the Patriots and you don't like Tom Brady, don't read that column because it's <laughs> all Brady. Like he has the most fantasy points in the Super Bowl, obviously, because this is his ninth. Think about that. Right. Nine. Nine Super Bowls. Freaking nine Super Bowls. Like, remember back in the day? I mean, you might not have even been born yet because you're a youngster, Graham, but like it was like a big deal because Terry Bradshaw was in four and right. oh my gosh, the Steelers. Are, not Nine. Nine Super Bowls for this dude. Um, and he is he's put up 20 plus fantasy points in four different Super Bowls. Um, he has the most passing yards in a Super Bowl, which actually was 500. 105 last year, yeah. breaking the record he set the previous year with 466. Brady is playing in his ninth Super Bowl. That's more games than he has played in his career on the road in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Tom Brady it's will have ridiculous. played. After Sunday, Tom Brady will have played in nearly 17% of all Super That's Bowls ever played. <laughs> it is so insane. And, and I mean, uh. this should be a pretty high-scoring Affair, I would think. Yeah, I would think. Uh, I don't know, Graham. You you, you going Brady or you going golf? Here? Yeah, I'm going Brady. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> this game's over if uh, the Patriots can pressure Jared Goff. I will say, I don't know if it'll be high scoring. I I really don't. I think both defenses can match up with their opposing offenses. I think you can slow the Rams down right now because Gurley's not 100. percent They don't mm-hmm. have Cup. Um, Trey Flowers. Um, in in the Patriots defensive line has been like maybe low-key one of the quietest best stories of this playoffs they're playing incredibly well getting a ton of pressure mm-hmm. i don't know i think i think this is gonna be a really good game i think it should be I'm, yeah i'm going brady over Cole it's it, to me it's like like just if you look at the last few super bowls like defenses have almost gone out the window except for the von miller mvp season when basically he won it for the broncos peyton manning didn't do that was, anything uh, that was not a fun Super Bowl. But I mean, yeah, 41-33, 34-28, then you had 24-10. Yeah, that Super Bowl was boring. 28-24, the Seahawks put 43 on the Broncos the year before, who had only eight points. 34-31, Ravens, Niners. Um, you know, I just think these games tend to this, this game tend to go on the offensive side. Yeah. So, you know, looking at like a 28-24 final score. The game total was 60, and it's dropped to like 56 and a half. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's dropped like three and a half points and that's, since it's opened. That, that's a pretty big move. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you mentioned, Graham, uh, Todd Gurley not being completely healthy. I mean, he said that it was an injury in the NFC Championship game that he was just, quote, sorry. And that was, uh, that was why he didn't see the ball a whole lot. But that does lead to what we expect from Todd Gurley. I mean, I, I think most people look at this and say, if he's not himself, or at least close to what we saw during the season, that the Rams are going to struggle to win this football game, Fabs, do we expect to see the Todd Gurley that we saw earlier in the season? Especially against, not only is it about health, but also because right. the Patriots, we know, you know, their big thing is take away what makes an offense great, and Todd Gurley is what yeah. makes this offense great. Yeah, I mean, Sean McVay is, you know, coach speak. Gurley's going to be a big part of the game, of course. Uh, but he did touch the ball just five times. I mean, th- think about that. Five times. Especially as fantasy analysts, where like basically we're praising Gurley all season long. Then he gets hurt. C.J. Anderson comes in and just does incredibly well statistically for the Rams. They really didn't miss a beat. You would think if Gurley is 100% and he's saying that this injury is not not an issue right now, that he should get the ball, you know, at least 20 times in this contest. And I think CJ would be okay with that because, I mean, he knows Todd Gurley is arguably the best running back in the National Football League and a huge part of the reason why the Rams have had so much success over the last couple of seasons. So if if he's out there, man, I, I it would be hard for me to think that Todd Gurley doesn't get, you know, at least 15 to 20 touches in this game. I, I have no expectations for Todd Gurley. It, <laughs> it would not surprise me if we saw him only get seven carries again and, and struggle. It would not surprise me if we saw him get 20 carries, go for 130 yards, and have mm-hmm. two scores. No, 
Wouldn't Absolutely. Me. I mean, just just based on how they're treating this situation, how little we actually know. Right. Um, Gurley's not going to say he's not healthy. Of course. John McVay's not going to say Todd Gurley's yeah. not healthy. Yep. Um, they don't have him on the injury report. That's and then two weeks after the Super Bowl, we're here a report that he had to have a scope. Yeah. <laughs> That's always how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, I, I think I think we will see a lot of him early, and I think we will know within the first, probably in the first drive, we'll get an idea of of how healthy he is and how effective he's going to be like I mean early on in the NFC championship game I mean he dropped a couple of passes a couple of easy passes that he normally catches I mean one led to an interception one was just a drop I think on third down um and you kind of had this feeling that something wasn't right with him and so I think we'll figure out really really early uh how involved Todd Gurley is going to be and that is going to have a big key for how the Super Bowl game goes so should be fun We'll uh, all certainly all be watching together, and I'm sure we will talk about it plenty next week and, you know, whatever it means for next year, which is You know what would much. make this game greater than it already should be? That? Is if the Patriots went back and wore the old white jerseys with Pat the Patriot on the helmet from the NIT. I mean, the Rams are wearing their throwbacks. I know. That's what I'm saying. It right? would be awesome. Although, you know, the last time the Patriots wore that in a Super Bowl, they got crushed by the Bears. The Bears. So I don't think they want to relive And actually, that. yeah, that's uh, that was the – the Tony Eason game where he just was awful, and then Steve Grogan came in. Uh, Steve Grogan of the big, bulky neck pad, mm-hmm. right? Um, I remember watching that game. That was that was during the era where the NFC was just, just dominated, crushing the AFC. It's like Fourteen in a row. It was ridiculous. Like and as a Cowboys fan, I very much enjoyed some of those games. Although the Redskins were successful in some yeah, of those Super Bowls, yeah. and the Giants were as well. But that was a fun era if you were an NFC fan, because I mean. Didn't matter who who the the opponent was, John Elway and the Broncos. Doesn't matter. Crushed. Well, I mean, I mean the Bills it was lost the four Bills, in a row during that. Jim stretch, Kelly. So, yeah, that was the Bills. Thurman Thomas. Andre Reid didn't matter. Crushed. Could you imagine getting to four Super Bowls and not winning a single one? The Vikings, same thing. Oh. But the but the Bills basically did it like in a very short period of time. Yeah, no, that's my point. Boom. Like, no, you're yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And do you remember? Was it Super Bowl? 30 was it 30 where where the Bills were actually ahead of the Cowboys at halftime. Mm-hmm. And I was I was nervous. I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on here? And then <laughs> in the second half, things turned around and Emmett Smith took over and that was the end of that. Yeah. 46 to 10 was yep. uh, was the And that uh, was the game. Now, there was a lot of controversy, correct me if I'm wrong, that they gave the ball to William the refrigerator Perry at the goal line instead of Walter the Payton. score instead of Walter Payton. Walter Payton never got to score a Super Bowl touchdown correct. because they gave it to, to the fridge. fridge. Yes. And it was one of the things that I know that Mike Ditka said years later that he sort of regretted that he yes. he could go back. If he could go back and do it again, he would have given Payton the football mm-hmm. uh, and let him score a touchdown. Yep. The Super Bowl shuffle. Were you doing the Super Bowl shuffle? I was back not. The day? Yeah, me neither. I was not. Although I think the Adam Rank might still know the lyrics. That was so. uh, he was a Rank. Rams fan at the he time. He was a Rams fan at the time. He was but. a Rams fan at the time. But I remember, I don't remember if it was that season or not. It might have been. But the Bears killed the Cowboys. It was like 44 to nothing. And I don't remember. If, it might have been Otis Wilson who, like, crushed our quarterback. I'm not sure if it was Danny White or Steve Puller. I'm not sure. Uh, but that was not a good time for the, for <laughs> to be a Cowboys fan. I go back that far, too. Well, all right, so let's finish out the show. We'll do a, a quick top five list for you guys because, you know, the big part of the Super Bowl, obviously, is the Super Bowl commercials. That's why we watch the game. You know, we want to see what, what's going to be funny. And or lately, is it me or have they kind they of been not disappointing? Been they have not they been have great. Not been right? They haven't really been all that great they, lately. They haven't been all that There's great There's been a lately. couple of good ones, but eh. So we're going to dip back into the past to some of the ones that we remember and uh, kind of put together our little top five, unofficial top five list of our favorite all-time Super Bowl commercials. So we'll start at the far end of the table and uh Graham, i see you've got your phone out so uh, yeah. go for it so but wait a minute when was the first super bowl that you watched when was it that's, that's a good question when is, you're, what, what is the first super bowl and, and Kent, you can jump in on this too the first yeah. super bowl because you you're you're a youngster watching. that i can remember you're a youngster yeah it's the 2000 super bowl god i'm old yeah wow so you started the paid the uh, i'm patriots. so old the beginning of the patriots, patriots dynasty rams. actually i can remember the rams titans too the one year uh the year before that as well um was, or was Rams Titans was Rams Titans ninety nine or was it yeah that, that would have been ninety nine I remember that one too yeah. so I remember Rams Titans because Warner and and Falk were like dude I'm so they were, old they were so good you guys um, well Marcus you're I will say I went down a rabbit hole because because of this Marcus so last night I blew like an hour <laughs> thank you for this um, I will also say a lot of these commercials don't really stand up they don't the they don't resonate as much anymore so I, I I went into it like oh my god one of the ones I remember that always blew up but you can, but you can't you can't have anything. Pre nineteen ninety nine. 
Well, I don't remember them. That's not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, remember, right, exactly. I remember the Budweiser "What's Up" commercial. Right. Remember everybody did that afterwards. Yeah. I went back and watched. It. I'm like, this is just obnoxious. It's stupid. obnoxious. It's so but obnoxious. I, that, I went into this putting wanting to put that on my list. Right. So I ended up right. at five. Right. Um, I did always enjoy the E Trade Talking Baby. That was my number. Mm-hmm. Four. Okay. I thought, I thought that was a great marketing plan. Okay. Um, the Budweiser Donkey Clydesdale. Uh, would be my oh number. that's right yep. I remember right, that right. be my number he uh, tried real hard and became a Clydesdale be right. my number three um, one of the recent ones I actually did enjoy and this isn't really I mean it's kind of on this list but I did really enjoy the Tide commercial last year too I thought that was really good with uh, David Hopper the guy the guy who plays Hopper from on uh, oh yeah Stranger with the, Things yes, I cannot is. remember his okay. name um, but that I thought that was a good one my favorite one ever though is the Oreo cookies and cream commercial because that's always the great internal debate is David like Harbour the, by the way David Harbour Yes, <laughs> I said Hopper because of because yeah because of the character right. Um, but my favorite one ever is the Oreos cookies and cream. Okay, because uh, right. they're in that they're in that library and they just start. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Uh, what's the first Super Bowl you remember, Fabs? Uh, is the nineteen? Uh, it was for the nineteen eighty season. It was the uh, Raiders Eagles. Okay. Yeah, right. uh, Raiders Eagles, uh, and the Raiders won that game. Uh, Jim Plunkett was the MVP. And that's when I started to get, like, big time into football. So the following year, and I became a Cowboys fan because they were always on television. My cousins were Cowboys fans. And um, you remember, that was, like, that stretch where the Cowboys lost three consecutive NFC championship games Mm -hmm. with Danny White, who was – it was Danny White and Tony Dorsett for me who were the two big guys that I loved. Although, I, you know, I loved Ed Tudal Jones. Like, all the guys, Harvey Martin, Randy White. I mean, I loved them all. But Danny White, Tony Dorsett, I loved those two players uh, growing up. And so – Remember the following year was the catch. Yep, where we lost uh, on that catch, and um, that was my first real heartbreak as a sports fan, <laughs> because the, I thought the Cowboys were going and against the. I said we're going to whip the Bengals, you know. And I'm what 82. I'm you know eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. and um, so that was that's as far back as as I go. So I go back. I, I go back quite a ways. So my top five. Okay. Number five, uh, 1995, the Budweiser Frogs. Bud Wiser. Because I, I just thought it was creative. No, it was fun. I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, and uh, I remember that one. I remember the number four would be the 1980s for Wendy's Where's the Beef commercials with the three old ladies. Okay. Where's the beef? Mm-hmm. They remember run, that? They've run those for so long. Yep. And But they're just so memorable. Yeah, they are. The third one is the one that tugs at my heartstrings the most. It was 2002 Budweiser commercial with a tribute to September 11th, and I actually get a little choked up even thinking about it because it choked me up when I saw it, mm-hmm. which is when the Clydesdales were, were you know, sort of marching through the city. Right. They marched across the bridge, and then they, they went down on one knee in front of the Statue of Liberty. Right. Um, that, that, was the, that was the most – that one just tugged at my heartstrings uh, as, a, as a guy who lived in New York and, and is from, from you know, the, the tri-state area. Uh, number two, Cindy Crawford. Okay. The Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dude – she was it yeah. back in the still day. Still is. I mean, yeah, she still looks great. But, I mean, 1992, Cindy Crawford wearing the Daisy Dukes and the white tank top. Oh, my goodness gracious. And the two boys watching her. Uh-huh. And their and their response was something like, you know, that new Pepsi can is beautiful. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Cindy Crawford, and I believe she drove up. It was in, like, a Ferrari or something like that. So, it just had everything for me. And number one, this is the most famous Super Bowl commercial of all time. And I don't know that there's there, there's an alternative number one is Mean Joe Green. Yeah. You want my Coke? Right. Right? Which is and, weird because I never and, think of it and, as a Super Bowl commercial. Right. You know? But it was. And then Mean Joe Green, you know, pounds down the uh, – the, the Coke, much like Akbar does with water on, on the set, <laughs> pounds the whole thing, and then Mean Joe gives him the jersey. How much money do you think Coke has made off that ad? So much. I yeah. mean, they, they still play it. So much. And like, we it, still see it every year. And it's been spoofed so many times in so many different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Kent, what's the first Super Bowl you remember, remember watching? I was pretty young, but I remember the Steelers-Cowboys playing in 96 because, you know, in Pittsburgh, I'm so it's old. the big deal. <laughs> and... The Steelers, you know, were 4-0 all-time in Super Bowls. Up until that point, they beat the Cowboys twice. Don't remind me. It was a big deal. You remember – so you don't remember the catch that should have been and wasn't Jackie Smith. Oh, end zone. I've seen it. Drop that pass (laughs) from Rodgers. Now, I I wasn't watching football at the time, but, you know, that one – Yeah, the bless his heart. That one one had to break – 
the hearts of Cowboys fans. But what annoyed me is the guy who had the big interceptions last name was Brown. Larry My Brown. last name is Brown. And so I'm taking crap at school and things like that as a young <laughs> kid. And they're like, Brown cost the game. And I'm like, I didn't do anything about it. But oh, I remember, uh, like, I was dressed like I had, like, you know, I think the, that fall I was Neil O'Donnell for Halloween and oh, all that stuff. And, uh, that was yeah, it just, it was disappointing. So that's really my first memory watching the Super Bowl. And then really the first one I remember kind of knowing the full game and grasping everything probably was that Titans-Rams Super Bowl because it went down to the final play. Up until then, it was like all blowouts mainly. So that yeah. was really the first one I remember that was actually like exciting down to the wire where I can like remember exactly where I was sitting when that final play happened. The other yeah. part about that uh, that 96 game is that Larry Brown ended up getting a big contract yeah, after that. Yeah, from the Raiders. And never did anything. Nope. <laughs> never, never did, did anything. anything. <laughs> never did anything. And, and uh, you know, that, that game, obviously, the, the most famous play was it. Was it Kevin Dyson at the goal line? Yes. And I think it was oh. Mike Mike Jones. Mike Jones yep. tackles him, which, by the way, would not have won the game. They needed that and the extra point to yes. tie. That would, right. have, yep. that would have sent it to overtime. Yes. Yep. So. Shout out Jeff Fisher. Yeah, right. Yep. Jeff Fisher lived off that Je- for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, he did. He lived yep. off that for yep. a long, yeah, long time. Yeah, not so much anymore. Uh, I'll tell you, the first Super Bowl that I remember was uh, the January of 84, into the 83 season when the Raiders beat yep. the Redskins because I remember – That was the Marcus Allen The game. Marcus Allen run was one of the first football plays that I have a memory of mm-hmm. um, in that game, just watching him go one way, turning around and going the other way. And, you know, Marcus Allen – for a long time, to this day, might still be my favorite all-time NFL player. One, because, I mean, obviously he was, he Marcus. was awesome. But, yeah, he was <laughs> honestly, he was, was Marcus. he was one of the first other people in the world that I knew of named Marcus when I was a kid. So, like, you know, that, that just made it great. I will say one quick foot. I did meet him once in college. He was uh, on campus at USC signing a book, doing a book signing, and I bought two copies, one for me, one for my dad, and I was, like, standing in line thinking, of what can I say to this guy who's been my, you know, yeah. my football hero? And I got to the front of the line, I'm like – my name is also Mark. I'm like, oh my god. When I when, <laughs> when I, I worked when I worked at CBS, I met Marcus a few times, and he would always call me Sportsline. <laughs> Number one, because he probably didn't remember my name, name, but he would always call me Sportsline because when I met these guys, you know, this is in the infancy of when fantasy football was, you know, we were starting to come up. I was always trying to get these guys in celebrity leagues because I wanted uh, to start to pump up because I ran – it was called the Gridiron Guru League, and I ran it. It had – like Dan Marino was in it, Boomer Sion was in it, and I was always trying to get guys. I was trying to get Marcus Allen. He would, he never got involved in it, but I, he always used to call me Sportsline. Interesting, too, Marcus Allen, people don't realize how involved he was with that whole O.J. Simpson situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> I, I mean, well, it, right, but I mean, if, if, were, if uh, you have, yeah, they were very good friends. Yeah, well, and long. there's also some rumors about him and uh, Nicole Brown Simpson. Yes. So yes, but it, that and that run, one of the great runs in the history of a Super Bowl. If you're young and you've never seen it, look go it on YouTube and just, watch just it. it. It's amazing. Just look up Marcus Allen. It's Super amazing. Uh, Kent, you said you had a stat for us. Yeah, yeah. You guys mentioned earlier about the NFC winning all those consecutive Super Bowls. It was 13, 13. straight okay. from wow. 85 to 97. And 11 of those were by 10 points or more. So only two of those were <laughs> yeah. even close. Well, it I, was the Niners-Bengals one. And right, that was the, a great Super Bowl. Great. And then the missed, so good. And then, and then, of course, the missed kick by the Bills against the Giants. Yeah, Norwood, yep. So yep. 11 of 13. And I can remember the score still like it was like 46-10 was Bears-Patriots. Uh, and then the the Niners won like 55, 55 to, 10 to 10 against the Broncos in Elway. That Giants the Cowboys. The Giants-Bills one was Parsons. That was Belichick. Close. That was right. 20 to 19. And that was one of the close ones. Yeah, the Cowboys. <laughs> it was was it fifty two to seventeen, I believe. Which and it would have been the biggest margin of victory had Thanks, Leon Lett not gotten cute at the goal line and Don Beebe knocked Thanks, the ball Don out of his hand. Beebe. So yep, yeah. yeah so that uh, by the way, that, that Niners game was also the John Candy game. Oh, that's right. Where John, where, where Joe Montana says, "Yeah, John that, Candy said that, that, that's yeah. that's how cool he was." So, all right, big stage, Super Bowl, everything's on the line, and he sees John Candy in the stands and talks about that in the huddle real quickly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so my my five Super Bowl commercials before we get out of here. Uh, number five, Terry Tate, office linebacker. Uh, oh, I remember that one. This guy, run, which for a while I thought was Terry Crews, but apparently it's not. It's a different guy. I had to go back and watch it again. He he, um, he crushed guys. Maybe that was Akbar's inspiration when he did that to <laughs> Matt Money Smith. Money. A few seasons uh, ago. Number four, 
is the Volkswagen Darth Vader commercial. Yeah. The little oh, kid that's right. He's like trying to make things move, and then finally his dad like pushes the remote button, that's and the good. lights on the car was flash, and the I kid stumbled freaks upon out. That, one last night that was a good and one. And the kid freaks out. That was pretty good. That was good. Uh, number three was the Larry Bird, Michael Jordan horse commercial for McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah, uh, you know that was good. Off the wall, off the floor, off the seat, nothing but net. Yep. Uh, number two. Just because it's iconic was the Apple 1984, you know, woman runs in with a sledgehammer and, and smashes the TV. Because uh, it was like the first big time ad that they spent a lot of money on. Like Ridley Scott directed it and it only aired once. Like all these other commercials you yeah, saw you over and over it. again, yep. that aired one time and that was it. Uh, and number one is my is Cindy Crawford for me just because, you know, she, she helped a lot of us uh, – so, and then wait, and then do you remember she was in that movie and it was with Billy Baldwin, okay? And I don't remember the name of it, and I'm gonna look it up right now. I, I'm gonna, look, but she, uh, it, it was, I believe it was a rated R movie. Let's put it that way. And that was one of those movies where anybody and everybody who had a crush on Cindy Crawford, and we all had a crush on Cindy Crawford, uh, went out and saw that movie, Fair Game. It's called. Oh, no, I didn't. And the movie itself was terrible. It got a 12% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that bad? It was awful. <laughs> but, but, you got to see more of Cindy Crawford than uh, you probably would I think 12% or. Rotten Tomatoes is worse than the Sherlock Holmes movie that Will Ferrell and oh, John Rowley. Probably. Yeah. Probably is. <laughs> All right. That'll do it. We are done. Wait a minute. What? Let's give Super Bowl predictions. Oh, we have to. Okay, we should, okay. Well, fine, everybody, go. everybody, right. do it. You want to go first? Okay, Kent, you want to start us off? Yeah, sadly, I think the Patriots are going to win. I sadly, just, I have a feeling that it's going to be one of those games, kind of like what Graham said earlier. They get pressure on Goff. They force the Rams to kind of get out of their ways early, and then they maybe hold on at the end. So I'll say Patriots win, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Same same thing. You stole all my lines. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm gonna pick it. Uh, 27-21 Patriots. Um, I think the game goes under. I think it kind of gets sloppy at times, and I think they get after. If them. we all go Patriots, it's gonna yeah. be the Rams. I'm going Patriots 28-24. Close game. Uh, Rams are gonna be able to find success on the ground, but I do believe the Patriots are going to be able to force Jared Goff into a couple of turnovers. I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm making this with my head or my heart, but I'm gonna go Rams here. I'm. Gonna, I think the Rams. Hey, in, in a, my heart, I'm because of CJ. I'm rooting for the Rams. In a, in, but. A, in a close game, at least one of us pulled it off. In a close yeah, game, yeah. it it'll be back and forth. I think that you know. I think the Patriots get the first punch in, but I think sort of like the Rams did in the NFC Championship game, they weather the storm. And I think. I think what we will see is Jared Goff moving the ball down the field late. Getting the game winning. I don't know if it's a touchdown or a field goal, but gets the game winning score. I think. I think you know will answer a lot of questions about Jared Goff. I think it'll be the sort of the Sean McVay coming to the taking over the throne as the you know the new wonderkind officially in the National Football League. And I think it's maybe the changing of the guard. I think it's look, I don't know if this is the end of the Patriots dynasty. I have no idea, but Every year we think it is, but and if it's it is, not. It's but, always. but if it is, I think it's fitting that it bookends with the Rams. It starts with the Rams. It potentially ends mm-hmm. with the Rams. So, you know, time is a flat circle. Yeah, yeah. and by the way, the Patriots were I, be- I believe, were they a two-touchdown underdog? They were a huge yeah. underdog. Yeah. In that so one. I, think that's, I, think I think it was, it was like 10 points. It, yeah, that it was, was double uh, digits. That was the game where before the game-winning field goal by Vinatieri, yeah. uh, which who's still playing in the NFL. I, mean, I know, Tom it's Brady's ridiculous. Still too. But I remember that's, that drive started. The Patriots had the ball backed up, and John Madden said, you know, they should just take a knee and play for overtime. Yep. I don't think they can move the ball. They should just take a knee, sit on it, go to overtime and take their chances. Brady moved the ball down the field. They kicked the field goal. Some some of the kicks that Vinatieri has made during his career in the playoffs. I mean, goodness gracious! They talk about the Raiders in the snow, um, unreal. And actually, Steven Gostkowski has a shot to tie Vinatieri's record for field goals made in a Super Bowl. Um, they, I believe, had, I believe Vinatieri has seven career. Gostkowski has five right now, so he could tie or surpass. Had him. Another big snow kick last year wasn't? Then they play a game in Buffalo. Yes, like, yeah. super. Yep. I mean, he missed it's, one of them. I mean, unreal. How? I mean, that guy's that guy's going into. Hall of Fame. Oh, no doubt. Uh, no doubt about no that. Doubt no doubt. So there we go. So we got three Pats, one Rams. One Rams. So we'll Mar- see. Mark is. I hope. We'll see what for happens. For all intents and purposes, I hope you're right. I, hope you're right. I, <laughs> I think I, most I'm of genuinely. America. Will see, I don't have like I don't have a rooting interest except for like CJ's a good friend of mine, so I hope he wins. Uh, because that would, and, and you know what that would be like. You want to talk about the capper like on a Cinderella sort of story? If CJ, who didn't get any burn in Carolina, 
out, signs with what the Raiders, doesn't work out there. All of a sudden, he's on the street again. Yeah. Finally ends up with the Rams. And if he goes out and has a big game, you know, like I... I, I I hope I hope that uh, that happens for him and he has a good game and, and the Rams win. I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't have uh, I don't have a dog in the fight. <laughs> I don't care. But like I want to see a good game and just for CJ, I, I hope that the Rams well, win. Definitely, I think we all want to see a good game. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep. So we appreciate yep. it as always. We are done. Appreciate you listening. Remember, tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if the Super Bowl is really the ultimate game, why do they play it again next year? Enjoy the game. We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.